Letters from a Glass House is a not-for-profit ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Venice, Florida. Support us today at UUCOV.org. Many of you will know these words. Though below me I feel no motion standing on these mountains and plains, far away from the rolling ocean, still my dry land heart can say, I've been sailing all my life now. Never harbor or port have I known. The wide universe is the ocean that I travel, and the earth is my blue boat home. In 2002, Unitarian Universalist folk musician Peter Mayer wrote those words. It was a new set of words to a hymn we already had by Roland Hugh Pritchard, and he called it Blue Boat Home. And we stand and sit here today, one day after Earth Day 2023, and we are the ship's companions of that song, the kindred pilgrim souls on our very own beautiful blue boat home. And I love the fact that when Peter wrote this song, he chose the word boat. Boat, not ship. A ship for me is something big, solid, ocean liner, cruise ship. A boat is smaller, fragile. It's a thing that requires almost constant attention for any of you who have ever been out on a boat as opposed to a ship. We grab the oars and we sit shoulder to shoulder and we always risk tipping over. As some of you may know, a boat can be a hazardous place if someone decides to be a clown. Boats can sink. And if we want to steer our boat, our planet, through the sea of the universe, we have to sail a little responsibly. We can't be the clown standing up and rocking the boat. We have to bail the boat before it sinks under us. In 1859, Henry David Thoreau wrote in his journal, what we call wilderness is just a civilization other than our own. In his classic book, Walden, he talked about the ties between the people and nature. And he said, our village life would stagnate if it were not for the unexplored forests and the meadows which surround it. We need the tonic of wildness, wildness to wade sometimes in the marshes where the bittern and the meadow hen lurk, to hear the booming of the snipe, to smell the whispering sedge where only some wilder and more solitary fowl builds her nest and the mink crawls with its belly close to the ground. Nobody paid a lot of attention to Thoreau during his lifetime. He is now praised as one of the nation's most powerful voices for the environment. In wildness is the preservation of the world, he wrote. And his writing helped shape the thinking of modern-day environmentalists. He was a naturalist and a social reformer, 
a poet, a philosopher, a transcendentalist, and a friend of Unitarian William Ellery Channing. Looking at a river, he found the flow of eternity. Climbing a mountain, he found that his spirit moved closer to the divine as he understood it. I believe in the forest and in the meadow and in the night in which the corn grows. He said, heaven is under our feet as well as over our heads. Now, as a high school student, I remember reading Thoreau. A teacher held my arm behind my back and made me do it. And as I recall, my honest response at the time was, yeah, cool, what's for lunch? It didn't move me a lot. For any of you who've seen the cartoon South Park and heard Eric Cartman, this was tree-hugging hippie stuff, and it, it just didn't move me. And then when I was a little older, I went down to central Kentucky to Lake Cumberland, and it was the first time I had seen water so clear that you could look down 16 or 20 feet and see the fish. It was the most amazing thing my little brain had ever seen. I went from there to eastern Kentucky to work on a mountain near Red River Gorge, and I could actually drink water that came out of the ground right there in a stream. I went cave diving, I tried rock climbing, I stopped to smell the woods. I learned that if you smelled cucumbers, there might be snakes. And what acres of honeysuckle smelt like, not one bush, but an entire meadow. And I went back and I reread Thoreau. Now you don't have to travel far from here to get to the good stuff. I drove three hours as a kid to get to central Kentucky. We don't have to drive that far. The blue-green swell of ocean water as a storm gets close. The smell of the ground after that rainfall. The lushness of the Everglades. Wild spaces, pure spaces, some of them within, well, touching distance almost. They called something deep inside. You don't have to be Thoreau or believe in the supernatural to see the sacred in every sunrise over a foggy beach. Something in nature calls us to transcend ourselves, to step out of isolation, to take our place something larger. So what is that larger? What's, what's the planet to us the earth is not just the scenery, nor is it flat, in case anyone is wondering. <laughs> right now, the planet isn't always feeling so well. The waters around Greece are still beautiful and pure. In Alberta, the mountains still reach up to the heavens. But in the North Pacific Ocean, we have a floating mass of plastic garbage, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. NOAA's Marine Debris Program can't accurately estimate it, but general estimates say it's the size of Texas. 80% of the plastics in the patch have been washed from land. Amazon rainforest, the lungs of our planet, once covered 14% of the land mass, now they cover less than 1%. 
Rainforest planet-wide still cover about 6%. Whole planet's heating up. The ice caps are melting. There are lots of similar stories. We know our blue boat is getting battered. We're not bailing fast enough, so what do we do? We start simply by changing the lens we look through. What do I mean by that? We work with our planet as a living piece of the web of life, rather than just something big and round we stand on. We change the way we think about the boat. This isn't always easy, because no matter where you go on our planet, you know the written and unwritten rules for interacting with people and animals. Do unto others, don't kill, don't steal, don't randomly hit people, don't eat with your feet. You know these. Dogs and cats are for petting, fish are not for petting. Please don't eat the babies. You've gotten these rules just by living And religion is for Here's how you should be, here's how you should act. Just by being here, we get the rules. Doesn't mean we all agree, but we get a rough shape. If I ask any 10 of you, hey, I drove by a woman on the side of the road this morning. She was broken down. What should I have done? I would have gotten 10 different answers. Somebody would have said you should have stopped. Somebody would have said, pull over, call 911. You know what I mean. You would have gotten different answers. But nobody would have said, hit her in the face with a cream pie and laugh. We know the rules. You might have even gotten somebody that said, I shouldn't have done anything. Leave her alone. But there would be some expectation of either neutral or positive behavior, right? not a negative behavior to her. I won't hurt her because she's standing there. Nobody tells you what your relationship to the planet, you and the planet, you personally, not you in some club or you in some religion. We don't talk about it. At most, you might say, what do you mean I have a relationship to the planet? That sounds weird. But a few years ago in the 70s, and some of you may have remembered this from the time, a chemist named James Lovelock and a microbiologist, Lynn Margulies, they introduced something that came to be known as the Gaia theory, that it's all part of one organism. The web is real, the web of life. It's all part of one thing. Our planet and all the things on it are one system. And each of us gets to decide how to be in right relation with the planet and the inhabitants, the boat and the rowers. We get to determine how much to bail as long as we realize the bailing has to happen. If we're not willing to do it, the system will keep being damaged and the boat really may tip us out or sink. Global warming is real, climate change is real, overuse of fossil fuels, they're all real. But so is hope. Hope is real. Change can be real. We can come up with a lot of good choices. 
increase our recycling, turn off more lights, lower the heat, raise the air conditioning. We can buy a Prius or ride a bike. We can walk more, throw away less, eat more locally, and we can talk and talk and talk and talk. We can remind people over and over and over, we got to do better. That is not a worthless thing. Just reminding people over and over, please put your pop can in the recycling bin. <clears throat> we can transform our understanding of the planet. We can recognize it for being a living thing. We can live our values, maybe even sacrifice a little convenience. We can pick up our buckets and bail really hard. To paraphrase Peter Mayer, we can give thanks to the waves upholding us and hail the great winds urging us on, greet the infinite sea before us, sing the sky our sailor's song, the wide universe is the ocean we travel. So welcome to your blue boat home. Amen.